This season on Cape TV, Matt. This season, we're almost there. Yeah, this uh, it's finale week, everybody. There's really no better way to say it, and thus you have the finale episode of Cape TV for the season. We made it 19 whole episodes, Matt, from when I got a wild oh. hair up my ass to do a TV-themed podcast. God damn, why couldn't we do 20? Why couldn't it have been 20? I know, right? We're so close. Well, if I know Caitlin is in Japan right now, but I know she really wanted to talk Steven Universe, so we might come back for like a 20th special one just so we can hit that number. Because <laughs> exactly, who, who only has 19 episodes, right? It doesn't, yeah, it's got to piss me off so much just to see, oh, you can see episodes 1 to 19. Oh, that pisses me off. Getting, getting a nice taste of Matt's OCD over here. What do you mean it didn't hit <laughs> Well, here's the messed up thing. Episodes like 1 and 2 were just me talking because the whole idea around Cape TV was, oh, my TV reviews on my own channel aren't doing as good anymore. People seem to respond to podcasts better. Let me just make another podcast because I'm not on enough of those. <laughs> and then even that started not doing good on my channel. And then I'm like, well, maybe if I move it to a bigger channel and, you know, the Weekly Poll Archive and Bonus channel was interested in it. And so that's that's the origin. And that really was this season on Cape TV, everybody. <laughs> of course, I joke because as with a lot of the shows we watched this week, we only have three because there was three that ended. And uh, a lot of them, the CW ones at least, did the whole this season on thing, which is admittedly not a bad idea. No, it's not. It's a, it's a good thing to do. I don't like it when shows do that every week, yeah. but they seem to only be doing it for the season finales, which is good. And they've been on for a long time, too. They've been upwards of 23 episodes, and they take holiday breaks off and everything, so it makes sense that they would do it. Definitely. And uh, I guess without further ado, we can hop right on into the first show we're talking about, and that is Supergirl Season 2, Episode 22, Nevertheless, She Persisted. And what a title. What a title for what an episode. This episode, there's a lot to unpack in this episode. Go for it. Um, so we're in the Daxamite invasion, and at the end of last week's episode, Superman arrived, and he attacked his cousin. Uh-oh. And this, the, the, like, straight out of the bat, we find out why and how he attacked his cousin. So he actually, he was the first responder to the Daxamite invasion. And in doing so, Rhea poisoned him with silver kryptonite. Oh, nice pull. Silver kryptonite, uh, which was invented for Smallville. Interesting. Um, and they actually use it in the same way Smallville did. And what it does is it, it uh, heightens your paranoia makes you hallucinate and everything so while he's fighting his cousin he thinks he's actually fighting general zod interesting interesting that's how they bring zod into the show oh so so he comes in but he's a hallucination i like that yeah yeah um and because they cast the actor that means they can bring him in maybe next season or something because we know what he looks like now oh i have no doubt he'll probably be coming in that's a great Um, way to have their cake and eat it too actually it was. It was a really good way to do it. I did not expect that at all. That's some clever-ass writing. They have a big fight through the city and everything, and Supergirl manages to stop him and everything. And uh, It's great. They did it. Did the thing from the comic where Supergirl is actually stronger than Superman, and she can best him in a one-on-one fight. Right. Um, but, yeah, they, they all sort of saw everything out in the Fortress of Solitude, and we find... Rhea and Supergirl fighting each other on the rooftop because Supergirl 
challenges her to like a, a some old Daxamite ritual. It's like a, a, a one-on-one combat sort it, of it, thing. It's an Agni Kai from Avatar The Last Airbender. I challenge you to a fire <laughs> duel. <laughs> basically, basically. And um, uh, while they're all doing that, everyone else is like saving the city. Miss Martian comes back with a bunch of white Martians who oh. are um, helpful to like the green Martians and everything to help fight all the Daxamite soldiers, Superman's around, flying around while they're fighting, and Lena Luthor and um, Winslow Schlott take a device from Lex Luthor's vault, oh, nice. which he was going to use to turn the atmosphere into kryptonite to kill Superman, which is, again, some again some, again some something from the comics. Yeah. Um, and they change it so that it'll make the atmosphere lead, oh. which is poisonous to Daxamites. That's a pretty good and, damn bit. <laughs> and they end up activating the thing, and uh, it forces all the Daxamites to leave, including Monel. Oh, right. And he has he has to leave. He leaves in like his little ship thing, and uh, yeah, we don't really see what happens to him. We see him go through like a portal, which I assume may be mm. to the Phantom Zone, like he was in the comics, or blast him into the future so we can hang yeah. out with the Legion of Superheroes. Totally, totally. Uh, we don't really know what happens to him, but the the interesting thing comes right at the end of this episode where we flash back to when Kara and Kel left Krypton and we see another pod leaving Krypton. Oh. We don't know what it we don't know what it is, but it's from uh, some evil cult there on Krypton. Mm-hmm. And uh, pe- I've been like saying like it could be Eradicator. People think it might be Doomsday, like they might be doing the, the Smallville Doomsday thing again. I don't think they will be doing that. Uh, it could be this weird Supergirl villain from the New 52 called Rain. Right. Uh, who, who sort of came from Krypton as well. You know, it would be uh, wonderfully stupid if they did Hell from the Scott Lobdell run. Oh, please, no. Yeah, please <laughs> not Hell. Please anything but Hell. Please, though. But, um, yeah, th- this episode was really great. We, we got some really good Cat Grant moments as well. Nice. Yeah, she, she sounds like she's grown quite a lot this season. I know when I was watching... When the show first began, I found her a little bit annoying, but you, the way you're telling me, she's actually kind of found a character. Yeah, well, like, yeah, her whole thing about leaving the show and everything was her going off to sort of find herself and sort oh. of become a better person, and she's come back and she is a better person and everything, and she knows Kara's Supergirl now, but she's not, it's that same sort of situation with someone like Perry White knowing mm. who Superman is, they're not going to say it. anything because they're doing good. Yeah, I was just about to say, has she really taken that role of becoming like Supergirl's Perry White? Kinda, yeah. The, thing, the weird thing is, we haven't really seen anything of Snapper Car the last couple of episodes. He kind of just disappeared. Oops. They like kind of forgot about him. <laughs> that's a that's kind of a thing for a couple of these finales. It's like, but what about is next season? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So overall, you would say this was a pretty satisfying conclusion. You were happy with how it all shook out. Oh, totally. It was so good. That's nice. That's really good to hear. And as I said, now that the show's finally done, I'm going to try and make it my mission to go back and, you know, at least uh, re-watch it now because Matt's given it such a glowing recommendation. And I, I want to be on the Supergirl train now as well. you got to just, just watch season two, that's all. I will do that, Matt. I will do that for you. So this show, big thumbs up? Definitely. And from the one CW show to the other CW show that was ending uh, this week, and that is The Flash Season 2, Episode 23, Finish Line. And Matt, we've kind of had a love-hate relationship with Flash this season, haven't we? We definitely have. 
And I kind of liked it when they did the, you know, this season on The Flash. I kind of got to track it where I'm like, yep, this is where you screwed up. This is where it all went downhill. (laughs) And maybe you'll agree, maybe you'll disagree. I think right around the time Savitar shows up is actually when the show starts to go downhill. Pretty much, yeah. It it, it starts to get a little bit too crazy. The first half, just with Flashpoint and just with Dr. Alchemy, that was pretty good. That was pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Like, even the stuff of, like, oh, we need to find a new Harrison Wells and everything... That was enjoyable, but the second Savitar shows up and it becomes another, oh, we gotta stop the big evil speedster, and oh, we gotta find out his secret identity for three seasons in a row, that's where it goes to hell. Yeah, it, it's kind of like they they had this this whole arc with um, Dr. Alchemy and all that, and then they, they kind of got maybe too freaked out or something they and said, no, we, we, we need to do something we know we, we can do. We'll do another speedster. We're out of our comfort zone. What, where, where do we go from here? Yeah. Because even like in the whole unmasking of Julian and everything, that was all pretty solid and that was all pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and Wally becoming Kid Flash and everything, even though Wally acted like a bit of a dingus this season, even near the end kind of acting like a dingus, ultimately where it ended was okay, but then the second Savitar shows up, the show kind of starts to repeat itself and then we're forced to care about the whole death of Iris which, as we mentioned in last week's episode, was hard to care about because she didn't do anything this season. No, no, she didn't. She was hard to care about. And, I mean, I guess we'll talk about Finish Line as a whole. We uh, we see the aftermath of the Savitar attack, and, oh, oh, they get out of it, though. They they hornswoggle him, and they swoggle him good. Yeah, they, they pull the old bait-and-switch. It literally is. With the face-changing technology, which I had to pause it when I was watching it back, I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute, face-changing technology. No, no, wait, this this checks out. They had it last week with the Captain Cold Heist, and technically, do you remember why they introduced the face-changing technology in the first place? It was it was for that... For that um, oh, I can I can barely remember. I do remember the episode that it was in, though. It was, it was Harrison Wells... Three, who's running around as a public figure they needed to change his face because the Harrison Wells that this world was familiar with admitted to being a murderer and everything so he couldn't walk That's, around yeah. as a free guy so he had to change his face so every time we saw his face he actually looked like a different guy yeah I, I like that it's like different to like the the um the face changing tech that the Eobard had in like I think season one where mm-hmm. it like literally kills the person you're changing into yeah yeah, that was more of replacement technology. But yes, HR heroically sacrifices himself, meaning like, hey, my arc wasn't completely pointless. I did something. Yeah, I, I'm fairly sure I called this like a couple of weeks ago as well that I, he would die. I think you did when we were talking about people who could die. And it makes sense too because that basically means that uh, Tom Cavanaugh's character has either died or went away in every season now. Yep. <laughs> That's their tradition now. That's like they're killing a Flash in a crisis. You got to kill Tom Cavanaugh in some way. So does that mean next next season, um, Earth Two Flash is uh, Earth Two HR is gonna die? I hope not, cause he's like you know my favorite good one who's not villainous. He he definitely made it sound like oh I'll stick around. Why didn't you always stick around? Why did we have to go <laughs> through all of this? It took the death of the person you hated. Yeah. To... <laughs> Be like, why Why couldn't you stay? So, so I'll give them the switcheroo. I'll give them the switcheroo. That's that's fine. I accept the switcheroo for how they got out of Iris' death. It's everything else that happens that I kind of had a problem with. 
Yeah. Well, I, I was talking to our friend Tom, and he said, like, why why couldn't so they have like access to the multiverse? Surely there's a world out there that has a an evil Iris West. Mm. So like, why didn't they go and like take her <laughs> and like and like switch her out? And no, but like, see see the thing he said was like they could do that, and then they could have season four with like sort of dealing with the morality of that of actually taking someone from another earth and replacing them like that's 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 horrible yeah that would be horrible and i mean i guess they wanted to leave it on a hopeful note they wanted to leave it on an oh barry's a good guy and he's above killing and everything because he even attempts to extend the olive branch to savitar and be like oh no we we can make you good again because you're basically just me and we can rehab you and everything which they devote like 15 minutes to it in the episode and i'm like this isn't gonna work this is will never <laughs> no, work. How did you think no. this was a good idea? <laughs> Even Savitar goes, what am I going to do? Am I going to live here in the basement? Am I going to get to come to your wedding? Whoa, whoa, what, you really didn't think this through, Barry. And Barry's like, ah, crap, I didn't think this through, did I? <laughs> I, I can't believe they spent 15 minutes on that thing that I knew wasn't going to happen and I didn't believe for a second was going to happen. No, no. I mean, like, they, it's not even like Savitar was a sympathetic villain or anything. Nah, nah. Like, if he was slightly more sympathetic, I could kind of get behind it, but he really wasn't. He was just kind of evil. Yeah, he was evil to everyone, even, like, Killer Frost when she was helping him. Yeah, if he was kind of nice to her, or at least nice to somebody, I could maybe see that turn working, but no, it's, it was just completely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, we get the big showdown, uh, what is it, between Cisco and Killer Frost. That was kind of their side story. That comes to a close where, you know, he ultimately shows mercy to and is ultimately saved by Gypsy coming back. So they pay off that story, at least. Yep. Then yep. again, they make it super convenient, as they did with many things this episode. Oh, I, I heard you vibing for help throughout the multiverse. Oh, wasn't that convenient? <laughs> she just heard. She just heard. <laughs> Well, can't you see, Cisco? We're connected. You, you didn't mention that before. Sure is helpful this time, isn't it, that you're connected? <laughs> Why didn't you come all the other times he was in need or in danger? Why are you only doing it now? <laughs> also, and I'm sure you would agree about this too, Matt, man was Evil Barry super trusting in, for Cisco to refit that speed cannon into an evil doomsday device. Oh, yeah, I, I don't understand why he was so trustful. Yeah, do it or I'll kill this other person, So, which means you're admitting you don't know how it works, which means I could literally do anything to this and it would be fine. <laughs> you know what I would have done if I was Cisco? Because they also put in, like, a ticking clock for this episode, being like, oh, we stopped these events from happening, which means the time paradoxes will eventually catch up to Savitar and kill him. What if Cisco just worked really, really slow all day long? <laughs> What if that was his gambit? Just, oh, yeah, yeah, just like 15 more minutes, boss. Just 15 more minutes. Yeah, I've got to wait for... The, the 3D printer can only go so fast. <laughs> i got to wait for this to render, you know, man. It's going to take a bit. <laughs> I'm just doing so much rendering. <laughs> and, and then, too, like, they need to justify why Savitar needed Killer Frost help, where it's like, only you can help me 
For when the Black Flash comes to take me because I'm a time criminal, you will defeat him because only Ice can defeat the Black Flash? When did that happen? <laughs> I have no idea. It's weakness. This, like, near-god-like being's weakness is just Ice. <laughs> this embodiment of Speed Force death, the Speed Force Grim Reaper, can be defeated by Ice. Man, if only someone told Eobard Thawne that in Legends of Tomorrow that he could have just gotten Captain Cold to shoot him with his Ice gun and it would have been fine. <laughs> Killer Frost kills a death god and they just like wipe it off like it's no big deal. It's like, yeah, we've done this before. It's kind of a big deal. And then of course they get the whole big like, oh, gotta get the whole team together. Again, convenience is the name of the game in finish line. Cisco's machine conveniently managed to save Jay from the speed force and he got to come back and help everyone else out. Yeah, like inadvertently. <laughs> Yeah, inadvertently. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm free now. I can go help now because it's in my contract to appear one more time. Yeah, did Cisco know that was going to happen or was that just like a happy accident? It was probably a happy accident. That that just happened. And again, too, where it's like, okay, so we got all these speedsters just together. I guess if they all hit Savitar at once, they can beat him and it'll be a moral about like, you know, oh, teamwork and family makes you stronger than the evil version of yourself. No, Barry defeats him one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, just and and the thing that really got me is he he like destroys the suit and can go into the suit by just like vibrating into it. Yeah, like, which, which I why, swear why doesn't he do that any any why, other time? Why didn't he do that when he first met Savitar? Which is hilarious because have we not been complaining for like the last four weeks that Barry forgets he has these powers? Yeah, exactly. And then it only comes up when it's like like relevant or not even then like he just suddenly remember just suddenly remembers he has these powers you know i swear in some way the writers must have been listening to us matt because they do a couple things they bring back the face changer they bring back the flash being able to move through solid objects and they also bring back ever so briefly caitlin's mother who apparently had the cure all along for killer frost <laughs> when i saw that i'm like okay they, they've been listening to us they, they they've been listening to the thing is like she didn't like actually appear she nope. just like sort of like off camera like fedex them the the serum like here have this this will help i mean it's like they literally had a list of like okay here's all the plot points we need to close by the end of the season okay cisco and gypsy uh caitlin and her mom this that and the other thing i guess we got to finish these and they did but they did them way too close together and a little sloppy for my taste yeah yeah it's it's funny they build up Savitar. Oh, he's this unstoppable badass. He's this god of speed. Really, they seemingly beat him pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty easily beat. He's pretty much nothing without his suit, is what it seems like. Yeah. Another thing that bugged me about that final battle, and and again, I assume you agree. I assume the people in the comment section will agree here. Everyone keeps turning their back on the bad guys when they shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> twice in that fight they're like oh i guess it's fine now i can turn my back only for someone to try and kill them no stop turning your back <laughs> they don't learn yeah and i mean at least like iris got to do one thing this season she got to shoot somebody Mm-hmm. and i can only assume that's gonna mess with her in future seasons <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I, I killed a man who looked like the man i love oh woe is me although i, I did i don't know if this is intentional or not and again, this is an agree or disagree with me thing. The Flash turns away, guy goes to kill him only to get shot. That's very similar to what Joe did to Weather Wizard in the very first episode. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. I wonder if that was them trying to draw a parallel. In fact, I assumed it just was Joe. It's like, good job shooting people, Joe. (laughs) My superpower is gun. (laughs) It's the best power, but I need to reload. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, once all that was said and done with, we have our big celebration slash big stinger for season four. Yeah, yep. And a lot of stuff was happening. I don't, I don't know if uh, you were like me, Matt, but when the they had like all those speed force storms going on and all the different lightning going everywhere and hitting people, my first thought was, oh, are, are they building up to do Godspeed and the DC that, Rebirth Flash? That's exactly what I thought. I, I thought like as soon as that storm started happening, they go, you promised us no fucking speedsters in season four. Yeah, only to be like pull the rug out. Ha ha ha, did we say we met an entire city full of speedsters? <laughs> But no, thankfully they didn't end up going that way. They went a different way. This is the crisis, I guess, that they were talking about? I I guess so. Flash disappears in a crisis, and it's all because the Speed Force needs a prisoner, which is a new thing they've invented now for the TV show. Yep. And it, it's hilarious because it's like, oh, the Speed Force needs a prisoner. Who's going to be the prisoner? I half expected everyone to look at Jay and be like, well, you were there last. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought Jay was like, no, no, I've got to go back. You know, I've, I've got to stay in there. But no, he's like, he's like, fuck you. I've got new clothes. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm looking good. I, I have a date tonight. I'm not going in there. It's just like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're the oldest of us, Jay. And, you know, time moves slower in the Speed Force. So you could possibly live forever just in this weird hell place where you relive your worst memory over and over again i i would have liked um i i kind of thought like they they were going to go the route where like the savitar barry that was like his redeeming quality he oh. would take the place of the other of the actual barry that in the speed good. force that would have been good if they actually built up to an actual real redemption storyline that would have been really nice matt yeah good good job writing a slightly better finale than what we got <laughs> I mean, I guess it's nice for Barry, who's been, like, you know, really mopey and really, you know, angsty this season to be like, no, I need to go and accept my destiny. I need to go and become one with the Speed Force. Because, let's face it, if they're going down a greatest hits of Barry Allen's accomplishment from the comics, dying in a crisis slash disappearing in a crisis is definitely, like, top ten. Yeah, that's like his M.O. whenever it, there's a crisis. It kind of is. Killing a Flash is a tradition. And I'm also kind of fascinated by this idea of, oh, I passed the torch to Wally. Because, of course, if you're anything like me when you started reading comics, Wally was Flash anyway. Do you think they'd actually pull the trigger on that? Or do you think he'll just be back by next season? I assume he's going to be back by early next season. I reckon he'll be back at the end of the first episode. That'll be like the stinger for that episode. He'll like, be dropped back and drop back into the the current time. I can see it right now. We do a time jump. It's been about a year since the crisis. Wally is running around in the Flash suit, or at least a suit that looks like it. They've colored his yellow suit red now. They fight some villains, and then like, oh no, it's a villain I can't beat. And then Barry comes out of the Speed Force, punches him much like Barry did when he punched Superboy Prime. Yeah. Probably. Which means they'll get to recreate that moment, which will be cool. (laughs) When they undoubtedly do that. But overall, I mean, the finish line, it was okay, I guess. It was, it's the, I'll put it this way, it was the best conclusion they could possibly have for a season that was definitely in a third season slump. Yeah, yeah. It had its moments, but ultimately it just hit kind of weak because the episodes that preceded it were a little bit weak. Mm-hmm. 
I'm hoping they can course correct going into season four. It, it already looked like they were trying to course correct at the end of this one, where it's like, look, yeah, we heard what people are saying, or we noticed, like, oh, yeah, I guess some of this stuff doesn't make sense or doesn't line up. Yeah, yeah, hopefully they do course correct. And they, they might with not, not doing a speedster. That would be nice. That would be very, very nice. Let's take the show into some cool non-speedster-centric directions, please, at least for the villains. Yep. And I mean, there's talk that they're going to be doing Thinker. There's a lot of great uh, places they could go with that. They're talking about doing more stuff with the Rogues, which is what I wanted anyway. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, I mean, more more power to them moving forward into that. So that was Finish Line. And it was it was meh, but it was okay, I guess. Yeah, it was passable for that season. It was. It's definitely all right. I mean, it's not as good as the first half episodes with, you know, Flashpoint and everything else. It's still not as good as the musical episode, which I think is still one of the brighter spots of this season. Definitely, definitely. And definitely a bright spot for Supergirl, too, because they kind of both have that show. Mm-hmm. I guess we also had the crossover of this one, too, the whole Dominator crossover thing, too, this season as well that brought all the shows together. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty cool. It was definitely it was definitely cool on images, but some episodes were definitely stronger than others. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, the Arrow one was basically just one giant Arrow wank fest. Oh yep, yeah, yeah barely barely uh, crossed over. <laughs> Bare, barely tied in at all at the beginning and at the end was all you got. Which you know, hey, shame on you for making me watch an Arrow wank fest from beginning to end. <laughs> Hey, Joel, you know all this stuff you don't like? Well, let's drag you down memory lane and show you all of it. <laughs> did, you, did you hear, like, in, in the most recent, in the Arrow finale, um, I think they killed off Malcolm Merlin. Oh, so, like, he's not, yeah, like, John Barrowman's done with the, the Arrowverse, so he's not coming back at all. Oh, that's a shame. I Here's the thing. Didn't like Arrow, loved it when Barrowman showed up and other stuff. Oh, yeah, him and, him and um, uh, uh, who was that other guy? McDonough. Yeah, uh, him and uh, McDonough should get a spin-off, but it's probably not going to happen. They really should. They should have the Legion of Doom. They should just have those two hanging out together. I would happily watch that show. Yeah. They, they were going for it, basically, when they just had moments alone where it's like, yeah, wouldn't you watch a show with us? Yeah, totally. They can fit that in somewhere before or after Black Lightning. <laughs> Is what you can do. So yeah, that was finish line. It was what it was, which is pretty much my whole review of Flash season three in a nutshell. It was what it was. Yeah. You can put that one on the DVD box set, and Joel of Cape TV says it was what it was. <laughs> what do you want from me? Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, and finally, from that, we can move on to Samurai Jack season five, episode ten. Now, uh, again, Sal actually uploads this show for me, and he wrongly labeled last week's as the finale, because I'm sure, like most people, he assumed, oh, yeah, nine episodes, that was the finale, but no, it had ten. Yes, it had ten. It had a, had a nice round number. It did, and actually, it's funny, because they were using Roman numerals for this season. The final bit was C and I together, which someone pointed out to me actually makes the Omega symbol when it's together. <laughs> And I'm like, oh yeah, this was Samurai Jack Omega, basically, is what it was. <laughs> this this was the grand finale, Matt. This was the final battle. This was the, the raid on Helm's Deep, is what this was. This was all the characters and all the heroes we've seen before all coming together to help out. And, and what a battle it was. Yeah, you had dogs, you had Scots people riding deers. You had, uh, you had big monkeys that jump really good. They jump real good. You had Atlanteans on land. 
He had 300 Spartans. That's right. They had the Spartans. What a great callback for the Spartans where it's like, yeah, before Zack Snyder, Samurai Jack did 300 first. <laughs> Which, again, was a perfect example of like, yes, Tartakovsky is super, super inspired by the works of Frank Miller. Oh, totally. So, yeah, they had the big battle, and just Aku just not giving a fuck all over the place. There was probably more death in this episode, like actual straight-up death of sentient-feeling creatures. Oh, yeah, totally. It was just one big battle. Uh, just fighting stone samurais who rip so off his good. ears and whatnot. And... <laughs> not, a, not afraid to kill a ton of different people. Oh, the Scotsman with magic bagpipes. Oh, that was awesome. He basically had the canary cry. <laughs> he had the goddamn canary cry, and it was wonderful and magical. Uh, oh, God, there was just so much stuff leading up to the battle. Oh, uh, Aku basically does his own parody version of the opening credits. He forces yep. everyone to sit down and watch him MST3K, the opening of Samurai Jack. <laughs> I thought that was really great. What a goddamn meta moment where the characters in the show stop and watch the opening credits of the show. <laughs> Uh, the big thing, too, you know, uh, Ashi eventually finds her true power, and that is, hey, she can basically do what Aku does. Yeah, and knowing she can do that, she goes back in time with Jack. Yeah, where it's like, wow, what? how amazing is that Ashi ended up being the portal? Yeah, I thought that was great. <laughs> she ended up being the one, which ultimately rewards Jack for his kindness, because if he had just killed her like he killed all the others, then he wouldn't have had a portal. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's all coming back to him. And, yeah, they take them back to the end of the very first episode. Yeah, and he kills kills Aku then. Yeah, as you would kind of have to, right? And it, part of me is just like, oh, yeah, so he kills him and he stays in the past. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess that was the way the show always had to go. Because in killing Aku, his dark future never comes to pass, which means you never meet the dogs or the Spartan or the Scotsman or anyone else. They don't exist anymore now. No, no, they don't. It's kind of the great tragedy of it, isn't it? That to save the world that he remembers, Jack has to kill the world he probably knew best. Yeah, and they're, they're not the only ones who don't exist anymore. No, I thought that too, because they, like, they look like they're going to have a happy ending, where it's like, oh, and Jack and Ashi get married, and all of his old teachers from the first episode come up, and our guests, and I'm like, well, wait, how can this happen now? If Aku doesn't exist, that means she should be fading out of existence, like, back to the few... Oh... <laughs> oh, she did. <laughs> she did, and wow. Talk about a show that wasn't afraid to have a goddamn downer of an ending, ultimately. Uh, it, yeah, it was a downer, but then it, it kind of had like that little bright spot at the end. The little ray of hope there. You know, he's all sad and everything is dark and overcast, and then he sees a little ladybug, and the world lights up with light again, which I think is an artsy way of Tartakovsky saying, like, hey, Jack's probably a Buddhist, right, and probably believes in reincarnation and everything, so there you go. Yeah. Ashi can be in re reincarnated. All of his friends are reincarnated somewhere or something. <laughs> it, it's interesting to see him, you know, because uh, we had that big conversation before of, like, will Jack choose the past or the future? The choice was ultimately kind of made for him. He couldn't not choose anything but that. Yeah, it, it was kind of thrust upon him in, in, in the middle of that battle where, where Ashley just basically chose for him. Yeah, and I ultimately, too, I mean, if he didn't stay in the past, it would kind of defeat the whole purpose of the show and the theme song, Gotta Get Back, Back to the Past, Samurai Jack. <laughs> if he didn't get back to the past, the whole thing would have been a farce. Oh, uh, yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, ultimately satisfying ending. Wouldn't you agree? I know a lot of people were saying they felt it was rushed. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really great. I thought it was everything it had to be. Mm-hmm. I like they didn't mess around. They didn't mince words. They just kind of went for it, and they went for it big. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, again, I respect any show that's not afraid to leave on something of a sad downer note. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it takes a little bit of balls to do that nowadays. It do, it absolutely does. And I, I got to wonder, too, was this always Tartakovsky's planned ending? Or if he's like, no, you know, if we're making an older, more grown-up show for a more older, grown-up audience, I think they can appreciate a more complex, more adult ending. Yeah, I think maybe that might have happened. Which in the end, you know, hey, maybe that's worth the 10-year wait that we had to go for instead of just getting like mm-hmm. a tacked-on happy ending. Yep. And then everything was good forever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was uh, that was Samurai Jack, everyone, and we both thought it was pretty good. It was. It's going to be sad to see that show go again. I know, right? It's like you're losing it all over again. Like, so yeah, coming back next season, no, no, you're not. No, never <laughs> again. <laughs> well, when can we see you next, Tartakovsky? Oh, Hotel Transylvania 3? Shit. <laughs> I, I would hope anyone in power at any animation studio can see this and be like, wow, we need to do more stuff with this guy. Yeah, I hope so. We need to do anything with him. Maybe now that this is finally done, as I joked before, he can finish Symbiotic Titan, a show that only had two seasons. He can finish that. Up, which ironically, <laughs> had much the same cast of these these last couple, uh, what is it, these last couple Samurai Jack episodes. Yeah, I, I hope I hope he does go back and finish it, and maybe he will when people see like, well, he just revived the Seller show and it did really well. Yeah, I, let's, I, let's let him revive the Seller show. I don't think Symbiotic Titan ever did as good as Samurai Jack or was no. as popular as Beloved. It was it was super culty, is what it was, a super cult following. But hey, I just liked seeing Brian Posehn get work, and I liked seeing Ron Perlman as the villain. <laughs> great designs in that show you should uh what is it google what ron perlman's character looked like in that show he was a guy who was like more hat than man yeah they, they had some really cool designs in it they did even the robot itself but you know we're, we're rambling now everyone so that'll that'll do it for me and matt that'll do it for cape tv for this season we hope you all enjoyed taking this ride with us i know i did yep was good good stuff yeah. and uh yeah i mean with any luck if the numbers hold up we'll get to do this again next season but uh just you know ensure we end up doing this next season if you want more kate tv around the next tv season uh go bug benny about it bug him about it endlessly until he's forced to bring it back because <laughs> you know the fame of the fortune has gone to matten's eyes head now and now we need to negotiate for season two is what we need. <laughs> aggressive negotiation tactics yeah, yeah just can't give that shit away everyone and yeah like we said if caitlin comes back from japan and she's interested and if the fans are interested we might just do a steven universe thing just so we can get to 20 so our ocd will never be harmed by it <laughs> and uh yeah everyone so yeah that's that's the show matt you got anything coming out from your channel you want to tell people about since you have their ears here and now uh my superman in media will be coming out very soon probably maybe in like a week and a half or so. Yeah. Uh, I'm also starting a new uh, kind of podcasty type show. I'm still trying to work out what I'm going to do with it based around Star Wars. Nice. Now's the time for it. Yep, totally. Star Wars media has come out. You also started a brand new Discord for Comic Multiverse and Cape TV fans, didn't you? 
I did. People were bugging me, so I just went, I'll do it. I don't understand it, but I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, Matt. I don't understand it either. I'm forcing myself to understand it. We'll understand it (laughs) together. So there's that. You can find everyone if you are so interested. And as always, if you want to download this show and the Comic Multiverse, carry it around with you all the time, you can head on over to the Comic Multiverse SoundCloud page, and you can download all these episodes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. It's been a good time, and we will see you all next time, Space Cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to say anything. That was a good ending. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta leave them on a Cowboy Bebop reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. See ya.